Hi guys, welcome to For the Love of Business podcast. Where we host honest conversations with the people behind the businesses you love. We think it's so important now more than ever to highlight what it takes to survive and thrive as an independent business. And highlight what it really takes to do what you love and love what you do. I'm your host, Carolyn. And I'm Cody. And this is For the Love of Business. Okay, awesome. Welcome back, everybody. I am super stoked about our guest today. It's Ian from Little Creek Oysters. Um, Welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, we are here in my office this time. Usually it's at Love Lane, but we're in my little office, and it's been really, it's very cozy and very girly. But um, Cody, you have a bright pink um, bronze t-shirt on, so you totally match the motif here. I'm here suckered up, so I'm okay. (laughs) Yes, the aesthetics... (laughs) Are very classy. A beautiful day outside. It's gorgeous out. Um, but you have a busy day today, Ian. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. We feel like we're on track. We're going to open for our 23 uh, season for uh, on Friday afternoon. So it's the race to the finish. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. It's okay, tomorrow. So no stress. No stress. You It'll be fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? You've done it's this totally before. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we never used to close. We were 12 months always, and uh, we've been debating whether it's easier just to keep going and never have to restart or yeah. restart a machine. Well, what do you think so far? It's hard to say. We um, The break is really wonderful for, for people, and, and um, but I miss the winter community, so that's a, it's a thing we wrestle with. And uh, it is nice to paint the place. Yeah. <laughs> we used to try and paint like on the two days we were closed, and, uh, I was just texting with the, was my, my painting crew yeah. before you got here. Like, well, we could do it at night on April 25th, That's 6th and 7th. Yeah. And From the hours like, of 11 to yeah. 5 a.m. Yeah. I always want to interview the people at 7-Eleven and be like, how do you fix these places that never close? I know. I wonder if they have like redundant like equipment. And then things. I get worried that maybe they just don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a good, yeah. Sometimes good you don't good. want to see how the sausage gets made. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, see, I'm off track already. But yes, we're opening. We're opening tomorrow. We made it seven whole minutes, and it's fine. That's exciting. Congrats! But I'm personally very excited because it is a very happy place, and I'm excited too. I'm stoked. But there are, you know, we're open year round too, and I've kind of run the numbers. It's been a little while since I've done this, but it kind of costs money to close, and it costs money to stay open. So it's it's a tough call. Yeah, if you if we do it on the numbers alone, uh, we found it was actually. Often be, our building's not made of very much, so uh, often it was just uh, it was more expensive to stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're just doing it on the numbers, yeah, I think that was it. I think the X factor was the off-season community that really you know we believe in each other and support each other. And and the nice part about a tiny little room like that is you know six people in it makes it feel like it's alive. And so we wrestle with that both on a uh, you know on a kind of character level, but yeah, economically. Mm-hmm. Um, we never really thought about it like that until yeah. after COVID. I bet but, people miss you. But uh, yeah, we get a lot yeah. of, uh, are you ready yet? Well, <laughs> your place is so special and so much of it is because of what you and Rosalie have created there. Um, I know I was telling Cody before that I get when people come into Love Lane and they're like, this is like our happy place. And I'm like sweating. So I don't get it there. You know, I love it, of course. But I feel that way when I go to your place and you're welcoming and smiling and hospitable and like really look like you're having fun. But um can you just tell us a little bit about, I mean, this is kind of a loaded question, but like how you managed to sort of do that? Was that always kind of the vision? Was that always kind of the plan? Or 
are you just as like that's giving us a lot more credit probably (laughs) Uh, no it's not you guys are awesome so uh it's about the whole thing is about as unplanned as it could be right it was not um let's look for a location we've got this design for a restaurant we know what we want to do uh it was uh, worth flashing back. Like, I can do the whole origin story quick, as quick as possible. But, like, it was flashing back to uh, 2008, 2009. Everything's upside down. Economy's all uh, torn to pieces. I had a previous uh, life where I was a film and television editor and producer. And um, that world went completely upside down wow. because I thought I was in the arts and immune from finance. But it turns out you need money to do all the stuff. So, uh, so that kind of vanished, and, and we were kind of uh, loose and wandering around a little bit, trying to figure out uh, one how you just survive and what are you going to do. And um, and I took one glorious summer. I never really had a full summer, but I took one summer to kind of like rehabilitate. And I, I was at, at our house in Greenport at the time. We were kind of split between two, and we had tenants upstairs and trying to hold on to the house and like didn't know what we were going to do. Yeah, not stressful at all. Not stressful at all. And uh, but I was here and really like <laughs> trying to just be here. And uh, that year, Suffolk County created this um, the Suffolk County Aquaculture Lease Program, an oyster lease program uh, that had been in the works for a number of years. But I really think the catalyst, it was a jobs program, it was an economic development program. And the catalyst was, you know, the bay is there, it's being underused, and uh, maybe we can create a couple of jobs. You know, I mean, I think the optimism for it was kind of in the middle, you know. Um, and I, like a perfect idiot, rookie, read, uh, I mean, I think like a legal notice into the Suffolk Times, right? Not like an, an article, just like a, you know, rookies wanted kind of thing. <laughs> and so I, I called up uh, Suffolk County right that day. It was, you know, Wednesday or Thursday when the paper came out. And and I was sort of still in kind of New York City brain. And I was like, Is, uh, are there any, you know, spots left? And like, well, nobody's called, you know. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And uh, so I filed my application, and you, it, it turned out to be a long, lengthy process. It took uh, almost two years to get through the permit process. Wow. And then to get the uh, lease and then permits and uh, uh, Army Corps of Engineers, every acronym that there is out there. So the instant gratification totally failed, right? And after about a couple of years, we started farming oysters pretty poorly. Oh, no. Um, but it was great, great. So even two years later, after applying, you were still gung ho about it, and you were like, "Oh, this was a bad idea." Uh, Maybe we should you didn't lose steam. You See, you have yeah. to interview Rosalie separately. The way she has, <laughs> she likes to talk about it like that parable of like putting the, the frog in the pot of water and slowly turning the yes. heat up, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you don't know you're boiling until it's over. You know, we had kind of collected a boat and some gear, and meanwhile we're waiting for a permit. So you know, by then we kind of had boat and seed and oyster. I mean, you kind of have to farm them. Right. Right? What else are we going to do with it? Yeah. And it's a, it's not instant, right? So you, and, and I give great credit to the people who really know what they're doing, who came before, great advisors. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know Karen, right? Rivera. Karen Rivera, right? She was one of the best. I didn't know her very well, uh, but I called and I was like, I want a million oysters. I'd done the spreadsheet. I want a million oyster seeds. She's like, I'll sell you 10,000. I was like, oh, you don't have any? Like, all of a sudden, I'm this, you know, expert. She's like, you're going to kill everyone I send, I sell you, so I'd rather you kill 10,000 and not quit, because if you sell, if you kill a million, you're going to quit. That's a great impression of Karen, because that's was probably great. what she said verbatim. Totally what she said. I said, <laughs> I tell, and I have now repeated that as uh, as a mentor to people who come into our shop, right. and we're like, I'm starting an oyster farm, and we're going to start with, 
Call Karen. Slow down. 10,000. You're going to kill them all. Don't get discouraged, right? So we were farming poorly, but I was told I was going to kill them all. So I would figure I'm on... Anything better than that, you're... My, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I should be on you're a lecture it. circuit. Yeah, right. right. So, uh, so I figured I'm meeting metrics, right? I'm killing them all. <laughs> As expected. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. And uh, somewhere into... It takes about a year and change to get a decent size oyster. So it's all outflow, all output, right? Wow. So this business theory is terrible cash, plan. Cash, cash, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, but, um, like, uh, Rosalie was still working in the, in the city and she was taking the, the jitney in with two coolers full of oysters mm-hmm. to sell, uh, to, to <laughs> like the, uh, lobster place in the, in, uh, Chelsea market who were really great supporters for us and got a start, you know, 200 at a time where, you know, $5 gasoline that year. I think we spent $200 a day going to the farm and made, you know, like $180 sounds, every three that weeks. That seems about right. <laughs> right? That, that adds up. So the thing was not not a, a brilliant. But it was, we met so many wonderful people and other people who were starting or who had already been going. And and, uh, and we were kind of partway into that when we were out at dinner one night and the owners of the old bait shop said, um, oh, so are, are you doing some stupid thing? <laughs> With is it true what you're doing out there? Yeah, is that, is, tell, tell us the truth. Word is that really sleep. happening? And I said, yeah. And uh, how's it going? Hey, you know, it could be better. But it was it was really what was interesting and what is today still a challenge for a small startup is, uh, and maybe even harder with real estate, is that nobody has shoreside place to work. There's no, there isn't an office. There's no garage. You know, everybody's working. And it was especially then. It was really the the beginning of this kind of renaissance and so everybody's working in garages or borrowed things or you know storage units and public ramps i mean it's just chaos but uh so they said well, can you do something with the old shop and i thought well at the very least we're just gonna use a workshop so we said yes signed a thing presented it to the uh village to say we're gonna like use it as our workshop we'll restart the bake cooler and we'd like to be able to do tastings and wine pairings with local stuff but it's not really like it's kind of what we're going to do i think and uh really we just thought we needed a place to you know hang up the grundens and wash gear and there was a dock there and that was kind of what we jumped in uh that would have been um like june of that year 2014 oh wow and by and we opened july 4th uh just in time like in three weeks with uh no (laughs) unplanned right so we had uh two saw horses with a sheet of plywood across it and four stools that we borrowed from somebody we had uh we had no liquor license so you could have a seltzer and open your own oysters right because the health department (laughs) hadn't cleared nothing you know three weeks you can't i hope you have a picture of the saw horses i'll I'll send it to you it's it's, uh oh that would be great and uh rosalie went back and i'm fourth of july how can you not sell something on the 4th of July, right? In Greenport on the 4th of July, even 2014. And uh, I think I sold $100 or something that weekend, right? And I thought, oh boy, are we in real trouble. <laughs> but, you know, it was all fairness, right? We're teaching everybody how to shuck their own oysters. We, we just did what you, what the parameters allowed for every week, right? Sure. And so if we got right. another set of permits, we added to it. If we wow. bought, we, you know, we parlayed our $110 into two more chairs, right? Yep. Now we could seat six. And it was kind of like that. It's just and, a great um, example of starting before you're ready. My son was 40, yeah, when I was young, and, and uh, his job, he'll, he can probably tell you the dollar amounts of the day, but we didn't have an ice machine, but oysters need ice, right? So he, was, he would go to the IGA, which is two blocks up, uh, about 100 times a day, because oh, we God. could only hold 
like I think he, had, he would tell me nine bags of ice in our little freezer. Wow. So every once we did start selling oh. stuff, That's he would go up crazy. with a, a granny cart, like a little shopping cart, load up as many ice bags as we could. And then we were hand crushing them. Right? Oh, I mean, I love the look. I wish, oh, my God. Is it, is I'm there, just thinking about what we do and doing I that. Know, I that sound like a ah. shovel of ice yeah. out, of your, out of your ice machine. Right? Like we were eight bags all the time with uh, we tried everything. We had a little countertop ice crusher. And then uh, we thought we were really killing it because I bought a uh, snow cone machine. That thing could process ice. But you were like load in ice and, <laughs> and then, you know, we could make one tray at a time. Right. <laughs> What, uh, do you, what do you guys do for ice? You must have your own machine. You have yeah. your own like yeah. giant industrial thing. Yeah, we only had a little taste of what this was like after the fire. And like sure. Charlie and uh, you know yeah. buying from everybody. We we were very supported, but I can only imagine like it was just there must have been people looking at your son, just like oh there he goes again with the ice cart. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was crazy, but you know for us the the smallest commercial ice machine we could find was I think a thousand dollars or something. Right. We thought wow, we that's. 11 weeks worth of sales at this pace, right? Like, right. And then you got to find it and hook it up and get yeah. the right. And, and so yeah. it, it was all evolving, right? So there, there was never a design. There's never really a, uh, this plan outside of during that first summer, we, you know, we applied for the liquor license. We uh, expanded, you know, what we could make. We made a chowder and as it got colder, and now we had an oyster oh, and a chowder. That, that was chowder. two things. Like, well, everybody would say, okay, can we see a menu? And we're like, we don't, we don't have one. Yeah. I'll tell it to you. No, it was like we have oysters and chowder. That's my two things. And uh, but you know that people need like this kind of habit, right? You walk into a restaurant, I need to see sure. some kind of card or menu. Well, I so we started if that's used to hand like out the menus. Magic of it, right. It said oysters and chowder. It was yeah. the only thing on the menu. We had like one uh, Peter Luger's right in the city has like steak and potatoes, and their menu that they hand out says steak for one, steak for two, steak for three, steak for four, steak. For yeah. Three. So I was like, I'm gonna steal that idea, and we'll just have. Two oysters, six oysters, 12. That's because they had to fill up a sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, it's not planned. What was planned was communal tables. What I could tell you was true you from, from our pitch was uh, communal tables, teaching people how to shuck their own, which was totally selfish in terms of looking at the business as an oyster farmer, really, at the time, was if you can't sell, if you can only sell them to restaurants, that's a limit. Of, but if you, if nobody's going to buy them to take home because they're intimidated, we can empower a customer, right? So that was the most businessy theory about it was just customer empowerment, right? If I couldn't open them for people, I needed to teach people how to do it so then I could sell more. And, um, and so that was kind of what that was about. And then, uh, yeah, like classes and communicate and, and like a community drop-in center, really. So that piece has held true. And I'm really, you know, I think that if you made the plan for that, that that's the part that kind of stuck, right? That, I mean, that designs the rest of it. And, and ha, I mean, and more so because looking at all of the, your like just your reputation and where you are now, almost 10 years later, is like this huge beacon of light in the community, you know? It's very nice. It's and a, I mean, you've just become such a positive force and not just Greenport, but the whole region. But how do you sort of sustain that level of optimism and hospitality, especially? through the whole last three years, which we all know was so tumultuous with uh, yeah. a number of reasons, pandemic and inflation and um, staff shortages. But um, you 
like you've kind of just seemed sort of unshakable. Like, how, is that true or how? Have well, no, you, I think how we get shaken pretty well. We we shake a lot. <laughs> okay, uh, it doesn't seem that way. That's so, why it's just interesting to get your take on that and how you how did you do that? I think um, what's helped from the first from the very beginning was always um, I'm just gonna say people, right? Uh, you know, in general, uh, people who work for us and people who come in there, right? It's a very uh, Fla- again, flashing back to those early years while we were finding our footing, I, I'm so grateful that I didn't have to exist in a moment where um, you had to have it right in 10 days or the reviews come out or whatever. You right. know, we weren't review-based. didn't make sense to anybody. So honestly, if it made sense to you, you stayed, right? And so we built this organic group of people who were willing to ride along and kind of, it's quirky in there, but whatever, you That's know. Great. Uh, and, and some of the quirks you get rid of and some you keep. And, and uh, but, but I think that having both um, the customer community that we have, that we built, the, the real committed group and the people who've worked for us and who still work for us and, and come through, that on the really dark days, they show up. Uh, I mean, like every time we that building floods all the time, it's one of the, the cripplers. Like, the, you know, I talk about shaking, you know, for, we flood catastrophically four times a year, Jesus. right? Like the building dies and the business dies four times a year and has to be resurrected. Oh and um, and we get people who obviously work for us, but also people from the community show up to see if there's something they can do or, or uh, you know, you mentioned the fire. It's, you know how it goes, right? Like you go down and, and people you compete against and, and people you partner with and people who are your customers show up in this community to, to bail you out sometimes in our case, literally, but you know, do you need a piece of equipment? Do you just need hands? I got a wet bat, whatever it is. So that's just the one example, but I, I do think we, on days where I'm like, I don't know how we put this thing back together again. Somebody shows up, you know, with a, at least a nice, you know, good luck, Smile. you know, like good luck. <laughs> well, that one looks worse than the last one. Uh, or, you know, uh, Chris from one love beach. I, I remember I was like, basically the first time I'm up, I'm in up to my knees in water. I'm, freaking out i don't know what's happening and he comes paddle boarding past the shop you know in the parking lot and it's just enough lightness to you know all right uh, you know it's what are you gonna do it's water we live in the water uh I had no that building idea is, you guys had such a struggle with that it's it's the lowest point in the village it's next to a huge hardscape right the giant claudius parking lot our bulkheads low and failing the village you know it's and one way or another, storms are tougher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I would love to be in the position to save that building for another 100 years. I, I suspect it has to go up, but it, it really it remains in the same family. It's held it for all these times, and someday they'll either uh, let me grab, grab it or not. But we ask every month for 10 years if it's our turn yet. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, that's probably our biggest um, challenge, really. But, um, but in terms of that, like being shaken... Um, you know, we've been tossed around a bunch of times. The the oysters, you know, so we don't farm now. We uh, we realized that um, if I'm going to put a list of my favorite oysters out on the table and mine's not in the top three, it's kind of a rough um, gotcha. rough place to be. And they were great. They grow in one of my favorite parts of the bay. But there are three other farms right there growing some really nicer. Where is that in the bay? Uh, so over by Richmond, you know, Rich, Richmond Creek off the causeway. Um, Joe Fenora is out there with Hampton, Hampton Oysters, yep, and yep. Uh, I think he's got a remarkable product. It's one of our favorites. Yeah. Opens like everybody can open one. That's so. That's, oh, that's for us. We nice. have a, a criteria that that's 
that I can make people look really successful as a oyster opener with those yeah, oysters. Yeah, this whole time I just thought I was really good at opening off. <laughs> we'll give you the this hard ones. Design. better. This is by Give design. you a real challenge next time. But so, so from the beginning, we, we tried to show off everybody else's stuff. We didn't have enough product no matter what, even if it was just us. And uh, that became part of the joy, right? So those, those evolutionary pieces uh, are helpful, but also it's symbiotic, right? Like if I shut down, you know, uh, I think next to you, we might be moving... Uh, some of the most amount of oysters out, out here, right? And so, sure. uh, especially without distrib- without being a distributor, right. just as a you know consumer consumer person. Uh, so it's it, when we're down, it's an impact that I I know has been expressed. It's felt by the growers, uh, and so so they show up, right? Like, what do we need to get those refrigerators back on? <laughs> we gotta get. You, you can know. always count on them to come down. I, <laughs> I, I, I can, and they've helped. And, and, uh, and, but even when we were farming, right, we boat would fail. Somebody else has a boat. Somebody else's boat failed. We, you know, I think that nature of the tighter community has been the only reason I haven't got so shaken that I haven't left. Um, and then just those connections post COVID that tightened up. I honestly, I think it, um, I don't think anybody in this room would have re- would have requested COVID, but I know we're a better business uh, since COVID. Um, it makes some harder choices, but I, I think uh, you know, um, like our uh, manager who we've now made a, a partner, so we can build a long future uh, for the shop that extends past Rosalie and I. Travis He's is amazing. Uh, is amazing, yeah, but he you know guy. he came in as uh, you know a higher pre COVID, but um, not in that same way, right? Like a summer kind of thing. And, and really it's nice cause it's a, he's, he presents a third vision that, that, uh, when I'm shaken, like, you know, he'll, he's, he can take those reins or, uh, has a different focus. We have different, um, you know, we have kind of a different temperament, which is really excellent. Yeah, and, that's um, helpful. and I think that what, uh, what he's brought is a lot of, uh, stability is really the way he, uh, uh, has built a team and the way they interact is um, something that, uh, you know, for me, keeps me from getting shaken on tough days because I know that there are great people uh, along for the same same thing. And, and uh, it doesn't mean that everybody has to have the same exact vision because it's not some, you know, uh, whatever Pinterest book we're all following. It's like, I don't know, we have, we know when it's right, you know when it's wrong, we try stuff, it works, it doesn't. It's fine. It's a good way to be, though, because um, it's kind of that it's like, pretty solution-oriented, it's it, evolutionary, it's open-minded. And it has been organic. I, I think my favorite every year is that somebody, customers will come in who've been coming in forever, will say, oh, you've, uh, you know, you changed from last year, or you changed from the last time I was here. And I thought, I, I don't remember one time it's the same. So it's really, can you know, that can be both challenging because it's not relaxing, right? You can't go, oh, we know what we're doing. Like, oh, we have no idea what we're doing tomorrow, and it's... Ten or, years or later in, today, right? But tonight. it's you know you think by nine years it's like oh yeah we do it's a Friday we do Friday, yeah. Uh, but you know it's fun for us that way I guess. Um, but I, yeah, I mean it opens it up for some opportunity to change and to shift. So I think that's actually a yeah. really nice way to be. Uh, but all of those challenges you mentioned are are nobody's immune from the the uh, staffing is brutal. Yeah, um, and we have great people. I'm, we're very fortunate that, uh, this office is twice the size of my kitchen. <laughs> so, uh, we can't put a big kitchen in, right? So I don't have to find as many people, uh, 
to, to be on that team. You're kind of almost boxing in a good way that you know what you can do and what yeah, you can't do. The whole know? thing has always been based on restrictions. So, yeah. like, when that first summer, all the, the only things we can do is we can sell you, sell you a seltzer water. I think I can legally cut a lemon and, uh, <laughs> you know, you could chuck your own oysters. That's what we had to do. And yeah. But, yeah, the kitchen has – the building is limited in power and space and uh, ability. And so the upside is, you know, we use all of it. But um, – but it, it helps, I think, design whatever you're going to do. Um, our thing is, I think, you know, we think about the oysters as they're our front and center anyway, right? So although that's not a kitchen item, that's a bartender item, right? So it's a front of house. And that could be our hardest um, uh, hire is that somebody has to be able to, I mean, it's like chewing gum and talking, right? The, the, the best openers have to be able to uh, talk to customers. They're right in front of them, clean to show what they ask, they're asked all the time, like, how do you do it? And they have to stop what, you know, and stop what they're doing. And that's for me, part of the fun. Right. Uh, well, so can. that's up front, and, um, and that can be our biggest challenge, but, uh, but just people in general and everybody in the community, especially this industry, which employs an awful lot of people and oh, needs yeah. a lot of people. Uh, we need the fewest probably of anybody, but it's still, uh, Sure. Still tough. Still doesn't mean it's not a challenge. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's an incredible challenge, and especially I, the last three years, I feel like um, you know there's like a restaurant starter kit yeah. sales, like they're just pop they've popped up kind of rapidly, and then I see those people who maybe came from uh, opening places in the city or other places that have a bigger population base or bigger housing base, wondering like how anybody does it, you know. It was worth some, but I guess I didn't research anything before we started, so I can't really blame them. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, you have an awesome, um, culture in your, within your staff too, because Cody and I were chatting about this because maybe you can help us because it's something I've wanted to do, or we've talked about was the scholarships. Do you still offer that for your kids? Or, I mean, things are kind of tough, so I don't know if that got, well, we kind of went to the wayside, uh, like I've always wanted to do that kind of thing from the beginning. Um, we did sort of have this idea that if it ever made anything, it should try and the company should have some community give backs. And, and often that was something that we all know and do in the, in community anyway, sure, right? The, yeah. uh, I need gift cards. I need yeah. this. Uh, we, can you show up and chuck at this thing? Can you do, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever foundation or, or, so we, we did a lot of that, um, always. So that was how we did it when we couldn't afford anything. We just showed up and, yeah, we know, did that too. And it's helped. Do that. It helped. I think it comes back around. Um, but you know, it's sort of part of the the thing, and and um, the I always would have liked to have done these scholarship things. And last year, um, last year was the first year we really did that, and uh, so it was a first ever, right? It's the first cool. annual, which cool. uh, I love doing that. But we kind of said instead of just giving away, we're going to call it the first annual, and now we've got to show up for it. <laughs> um, Hold yourself accountable. In that situation, we felt we had a um, uh, we had a young woman who just had grown so much with us in the in the short time and became uh, really a different human being during her time. And, and it's not, uh, look, I'd love to take credit for it, but it's it's also the people she met at the plate, right? Like it's just a, an opportunity to be exposed to uh, different people, uh, to backgrounds and, and, um, and what, what they've accomplished in their own lives. And that's both our employees and our customers. And it opens up your eyes. Yeah. To the and I, I just, uh, we were all really proud of her and I, I, we felt like there should be something you can do. And, and I think, so then we did it and we we're like, well, how do we, you know, what, what is that? 
how do you do that in the future? Like, is there a plan or yeah. you just kind of wing it? So I think we loosely kind of got a little funny and selfish about it. We're like, well, she was here for two years, so maybe we need somebody who returns, right, for at least two summers, right? So you can't yeah. get it if you just show up for yeah. two months. And It's not written down. Uh, you know, I'd love to be in the place where we can we can do that. And whether maybe that's uh, spread out. Uh, it, it, some of it was I, we read, a uh, you know, the list of scholarships that were given away at the school. And we yeah. thought, well, nobody ever called us. We didn't know it. I didn't know there was a, such a thing. So we did it afterwards just internally. But this year, I think we'll try and uh, probably a good note. It's April. Probably should reach out to somebody. That's great. But, uh, but uh, you know, for that was really a, a personal internal thing. Um, but it is a little bit of, you know, with the staff and the staff culture, I think what we try and tell people is, uh, you know, there's somebody, and you know, there's somebody who's going to be working for you who's there for just the summer. Somebody's there for a year. Somebody's there for five years. Somebody's in for a life career. Like yeah. wherever they are, maybe they don't know yet. Um, all of those are fine, right? You we we actually all. need all of those. Yeah, you mm -hmm. need that. And the, the things we've said to a lot of the people, especially the younger group, is that one way or another, both in our community, and I feel like we uh, are very fortunate who comes to, to spend time at our shop, um, like I, we tell people all the time, if there's something you're interested in, there's probably the person who's the best at that in the world or close to it is coming through here sometime in the next 12 months. So it's a great way to look at it. Talk to people about what, when you're talking to customers, talk to them about what you're interested in. Like, because you're going to bump, you know, you're going to bump into somebody who's whatever, a writer, a rocket scientist, uh, whatever. You know I mean? They're, Making those connections is huge. It's kind and of it, cool. It's, a it's like a, it's a whole you're set up perfectly for yeah. it. We see uh, that a little bit too. We see so many people come through the door. It's hard when making, it's busy. Connecting those, do, connecting those dots and making those, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah, you got to have to read the room a little bit, but. Yeah, some days you don't. Some days you're like, hi. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? I'll be back in 10 minutes. Uh, it's but not, you know. Sometimes there is that, that place and you really do. You get to make those connections in it. And it could be really powerful. And it's, it's amazing to watch people evolve. You must be so proud of that. I am. There's some uh, amazing people who've worked for us and, uh, you know, at night, at, we're at like nine and change now. Like there were, like the, the first kids who came in are, are not kids, right? right. If uh, uh, married, have kids, you know, they're not they're not 15 yet, so I can't really hire their kids yet. Yeah. They're all like <laughs> under one, but when, but it's coming, right? I know. Um, Trust no, me, but I've we've had, had a couple of kids that have come in that were one, yeah. and then they're in with their working papers, and me and Nicole are looking at each other like, no, we were going to hire for you. Yeah. Oh my God! Uh, no, so we're the people who've come through and moved on and moved up, or, and and the oyster farmers who have found their way, or um, you know found something that is maybe an ancillary business. Some people decided they really like design or, or trucks, or you know it 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 split apart. So uh, everybody found their their kind of area. Like we found that we were better at retail and talking to people than we were on the boat. But the, the people who are great on boats are great on both, right? A great and, thing to recognize. It's a um, powerful thing to see where your strengths are. And kind of everybody wins from that as well, is putting your energy where you're yeah. the most useful and shining. Because how nice. That's definitely why it's so nice to be there, because you're exactly where you should be at this time. Yeah. And then you just hope that you're there that day in the right headspace, right? Oh like, God. you do your best. You we, do your best. We talk about that all the time, obviously. Without, um, without I'm very grateful that we have what would normally be competitors, right? People in your in food business in Greenport certainly loaded, but there are so many people that uh, 
that we rely, you know, we rely on each other or, or, and we all go to each other's places. And so then it feels like, you know, you're, you're, you got somebody to call and like, I don't know what we're, you know, sure. how we're doing that. And, uh, uh we but I ask that question all the time. Like what happens when hospitality people don't feel great, right? Like if you're not ready, the pandemic was perfect, right? Everybody else freaked out. You're supposed to be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you're the source of calm. And, yeah. You know. And you're like, I'm behind Glass, <laughs> not calm. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm in a glass case yeah. of emotion. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was challenging. I definitely was not my most hospitable. I would say no, that. we were horrible. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> how uh, sit down <laughs> since the days of the the two soul horses and the piece of plywood? Yeah. How have you found the challenge of kind of giving up control and delegating to Travis and others? Sure, um, my worst failing for sure. Would uh, just yeah. talk a little bit about that as far as your experience in growing, which is obviously yeah. you have because this is your 10th season about to be and, uh, you know, giving up that control in order to kind of see the business prosper. Yeah, I think. Um, and if you'll flash back again to those early days, like how uh, Rosalie didn't kill me over and over and over again. Right. Like I, I, uh, I certainly, you know, that's my my probably worst trait would, would be like, look, I, I'll get focused or interested in something and, and want to drive that as far as I can. And then probably like I've just described myself as in a perfect world. I think I belong in startup culture, right? Like get it built. Oh, it's the most stressful part. I know that. And it's horrible, but <laughs> it's but an that, addiction. It's an addiction. But once, you know, like once it's what well, we do, these four things every Wednesday, that's what we do. Like, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm out. What if we did something different this Wednesday and everybody's like, come on. <laughs> and so, uh, that balance it's kind of interesting to me now because um, uh, I'm very grateful when there's a routine all of a sudden and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, we could have probably been doing this. And then I, you know, maybe my job is to throw just enough wrenches in always to, to make the place feel a little organic still. Um, but I am grateful. Like, you know, Travis is a really creative person. Um, you know, he's gotten uh, drilled down really far into uh, trying to figure out how to, how to jump into that same, you know, creative head, but also build a structure and, uh, and an identity around it. And so I, I think without um, confidence in somebody who could meet a little of the crazy and stabilize it, uh, then I just would probably just keep being crazy, right? Like, uh, so, so having the people, um, again, it's just back to that always. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the ability for him to, to bring other you know, the rest of the staff along into that um, is just huge. And uh, so that has helped. And I, I would say that that is a um, post-COVID change for me. I think pre-COVID, it was, uh, that was a lot more of what what I was doing was just trying to like, you know, Katie, who was our manager before, probably long suffering because everything changed every minute, right? Like, in, and uh, um you know, we changed the furniture. We're always trying to figure out how to, it's the same size rectangle. How do we Maximize make it, it work? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think it's a balance of people really. And maybe it's also a balance of people. And when I was starting to be ready to think like that, um, I don't, you know, if you're not, if you can't think like that, then, then, uh, it wouldn't be helpful no matter who's in that, in that spot. Um, but, uh, but I, I do think that, uh, Travis's specific personality and, and temperament is exactly 
that 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 right bridge between really the people who are uh, em- just a regular employee who need to show up and have like I need to know what I'm supposed to do, right? <laughs> and meet you know changing visions and and um, and you know he's always has some creative ideas and so I think what that that has opened both of us and all of us to um, to try and look at uh, you know are there other opportunities should we do other things last year we took over this beach concession sh- you know jacket in Orient yeah how's that going look it was great fun because it was for me of startup culture again right like <laughs> you're in your element oh uh, we had 10 days we you know we signed signed the thing on 10 days before memorial day and they said you can do it but you got to be open on memorial day oh my so God, we that's really why we did startup culture and it was hysterical and but it's a beach concession so ice pops and you know like we want to make it as so great fun. as it could be but it it uh it didn't exist for like 20 years so the bar was kind of nice um but we if i if Without without the full team, it couldn't have pulled off that kind of fly by night startup. And, and then, then this year we'll do it better and it'll people. be stronger. We had a year to figure it out, and we'll probably figure it all out in the last ten days also. But um, so funny. But really, team for sure. I think is the my best answer to that. I know it sounds sort of like not. No, Carolyn, I were just real, talking about it earlier, and it's you know you have to be able to have those people and rely on those people, and even though like we were talking about like. Some business owners can find who they think are the right people and seemingly take care of them, but it just doesn't work out. And it's a lot easier said than done. It's very cliche. I think it's really hard. Sounding cliche to be like, oh, my team's great. You know, we were talking just about being kind of self-aware as a boss. Like you kind of have this, you know, in out in the world, bosses are like, you know, the people you talk about when they're not there. That's what the bar is for. Exactly. (laughs) That's why people come to you. (laughs) You There's kind of this like predetermined, um, you know, absolute about your boss. And it's kind of interesting that I think now more than ever, and and I think specifically in this region, that script is kind of getting rewritten because people really care about what they do and who they do it with. And they're aware of the fact that okay, you were able to say, oh, I happen to really love this startup, but like no one else really wants to start up every single year exactly new. So let's maybe meet in the middle. Yeah. And even just having that awareness, I'm sure is then a pleasure because you are going to attract the people who are interested in that vision, you know, and then you you could just grow from there and jive from there. Yeah, and, and in our best days, right, uh, the group of people uh, are spend more time with each other, right? Like in yeah, most jobs, sure. spend more time with each other than anybody else in the world, right? No matter no, whoever you're married to, whatever, you are spending more time with those people you spend eight to 12 hours, right? So uh, we've been very fortunate that that just that, when that melds right, then it, you know, uh, it takes on its own kind of culture and I, I'm happy to, you know, be around it, right? Like it's kind of... Um, because the people who work for us are all interesting, right? Like writers and teachers and yeah. uh, farmers. I mean, it's really yeah. like, you know, I want to know about all what they're doing, right? It's like really cool. And that, that sincerity is just like felt, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's the point of trying to operate in this community, right? Like it's a pretty interesting group of people. It's maybe not a giant population, but of it, you know, the, the people who fill it, have been interesting and, and have have really uh, you know remarkable lead all remarkable lives yeah which is true in most places but you 
I think it's really eclectic here. I don't know why. The, yeah, in, we talk in our about experience. that sometimes too. We can't like put our finger on it. But I, I mean, like just I like Carolyn's working theory that most of the people that you come across are you know coming to Little Creek for a beer and some oysters or come to Loveland Kitchen. It's they're all the owner operators and all these businesses are people like yourself that have either started it or you know yeah. taken it over and lead these very interesting lives and I think that's what makes it so special you know yeah. I like I like Carolyn Sarah, at least that's yeah yeah well I'm sticking said. to that cool you can have it <laughs> no yeah, it's yours I, I think that is the you know the one of the biggest uh people say well who are your you know steadiest customers or whatever because I think we all especially in the winter we used to joke about just handing the same twenty dollars back and forth right like <laughs> like you yeah. know oh, okay thanks for coming to my place I'll, I'll be over at your place tomorrow right and that was like uh, it's an outlet for everybody sure. and, yeah uh, that's a beautiful thing though but yeah everybody's places are so they they're each from I think the individual people for the most part like my favorite places they're all yeah, of, they're like of somebody own. right yeah, right yeah um yeah, over the last couple of years, I've had the luxury to travel in the winter. That's been my post-COVID, like, I don't know what we do anymore. We're closed, so, like... Good. Uh, That's awesome. But you need to work work hard, play hard. Part of that know. is I tried to drive through small... Like, last year especially, I tried to drive... I drove across the country, and I, I really took every slowest road there could be, and it takes forever. Yeah, that's uh, the way to do it. But I was trying to go through every small town to see, like, where are we... Cause there's a lot of panic, right? We're all sort of perpetually panicked it's growing it's shrinking i don't know who's here whatever like it's i feel like it's always panic like what's happening everywhere else right and so uh what a great question but what a great question to seek out an answer to. oh it's really interesting i stopped at every hardware store that was this is why rosalie does not want a road trip with me right like i stopped at every (laughs) hardware store last road trip bait and tackle (laughs) shop diner i'm a sucker for diner culture so i stopped at every diner and whatever uh, and I was just uh, asking people, and I regret that I didn't record it or, you know. You should have done a podcast. Because program. it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, but also what I saw was a lot of places that don't have places anymore. And and my note is that no matter how much this place seems to be kind of skittering away from us at every moment, uh, <laughs> I walk through Greenport still, and it is largely independent, um, which I find interesting. I go through Southland, and it's largely independent, right? Yeah. And so I find that fascinating and I, I would love some somebody who actually has a, you know, maybe a multi-letter degree after their their uh, thing instead of my made-up Google MBA. Yeah, is uh, to tell me why that why it works here huh. and why it's not working in a lot of I places. I guess that's kind of what we're trying to get to the bottom of a little bit yeah. too. Like, for the love of business podcast is kind of around that idea. Like, why why do we do this? And the answer might be it doesn't work here. We just are stubborn. <laughs> Right, like We're just I think it's out. entirely possible. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> uh, just pure um, yeah. refusing I, to give up. I mean, look, I'm going to tell you that that uh, I I did a detour in McLean, Texas, this year. So nowhere. I mean, like, but it's on Route 66, so you got to get off the expressway and straight out of cars. Right, the interstate I went took the by, words out of my mouth. and the whole thing is gone. Right, there's a there's a tow truck that's rusted out on the corner. I'm uh, I thought it was like a Disney prop. But there's a motel that's a beautiful little, like, could could be like any one of our roadside old school motels. But all, all the windows are gone. The sign's falling over. Wow. Four old mechanic shops, signs are all falling over. Windows are gone. The siding's ripped off. Like, a, a chaos. Right in the middle, next to the blinky yellow light, is the McLean Cafe. And it looks spotless. So I stick my eyes up against the window. And I went in. There's four old guys eating pie. And... Uh, and the counter, so I said, and it's spotless, right? Like the rest of this town is, 
I can't figure it out. So I sit down and I eat. I order some food. The guy makes me food. It comes out from the kitchen. He took my order, went in the kitchen, cooked, came back out. I was like, owner for sure, right? You're definitely the owner. He gets it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I introduced myself and I was like, what's the, what's the population of McLean? And he goes like, Bill, what's the population now? And I think he was doing math. Like maybe there was a funeral or something like 142 now, I think. Right. Like, wow. Wow. Right. And so I was like, uh, so what, you know, you from here? He said, no, I just bought it. You know, I just bought the cafe and I bought four of these other buildings and put a steakhouse and an ice cream shop. And I'm, you know, I'm not want to be negative. I'm just can't figure it out. And he said, uh, I said, well, look, did it, I don't want to be rude, but like, did a twister come through or like what happened here? And he said, no, it's just, uh, the season doesn't start until like June that it's like a tour season. All of the route 66 people oh. come blazing oh. through. Cross country in the summer. And I was like, okay, but it looks destroyed. He said they, he, the previous owners of all the motels and the, used to fix it all up every summer. Wow. And people would come through. I said, well, how, when was the last time they did it? Oh, last June. It's nobody's there. They go on vacation and uh, like meth heads and squatters and whatever break everything, steal all the copper, rip the stuff, squat in the places, and then leave. And for years, they've been rebuilding the town for wow. like the eight week season. That's insane. We thought we were seasonal. Yeah. So I said, that's exactly <laughs> what I said to him. I was like, uh, I deal with a season, but it's very different. And also, what kind of insanity is that kind Why? of as, as your plan? And so I, I suddenly your floods are put in perspective. So now, yeah. So now I come back to like, I don't know if it works here either. It could be as insane as McLean, Texas. Well, we, Retarten up the, yeah, the, the mechanic. Like one level up. We're one level up from McLean. Texas. I wish we had a video of him saying it was just last year that it yeah. cleaned it up, and you were probably like, "What?" I mean, I, it's. I was like, "Oh my god!" And he was fully confident. We'll have it all up. I mean, you won't be able to stay in the motel, but it'll be nobody staying anyway. You're just a drive-by town, but wow. they'll stay, take pictures, and go. So you're basically like Blazing Saddles. You're gonna make like Rock Ridge, and then that's go. fantastic. Anyway, my point was, yeah, uh, I don't you know, do have to individual be, resilience. You do I think. have to be a little bit like. Um, you know, not like, I don't mean like nutty or anything, but you have to be comfortable <laughs> with a certain level of loss. Like, and yeah. I just think when you're, you know, there's been some businesses that have come through. I always kind of joke around about the Starbucks that was in yeah. Greenport for like 35 seconds. I think it's seconds. legend. And I'm like, oh, oh, they weren't comfortable with really losing there? money six months out of the year. That's yeah. weird. Huh. I guess that doesn't work in a corporate world, but yeah. in a private sector, we're like, ah, I think it's fine. Also, it was the largest Starbucks on the Eastern Seaboard. When they built it, okay. I don't know if it's still like qualified, but when they built it, it was the large, they built the largest Starbucks from Maine to where Florida. Was where were the, dem who was the demographic team on that one? That's so funny, but. Um. I, it's fun. It's funny too. That I'm not going to name names on this podcast, but um, <laughs> come to think of it, the people that kind of tend to hold us up for money are all of the bigger corporations that oh, no. are like you probably have a hard time accepting loss or anything else. Whereas the owner operators like you two in the room pay great. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I'm like, so glad. but it's, it's, I think everyone else has a respect for the, what everyone else is going through. Whereas, you I know, think so. it's a different, I don't know, maybe a mutual, like you said, we're all in it together. So everybody kind of has to pull their own weight, but That's you're right point. that it's not a That's good point. It, it makes me sad every time a bigger, group comes in and buys it yeah, old historic have, hotel or this or that you know like what i mean and some of them don't get wrong do a great job and fix them up and make it look beautiful and it's good for the community yeah you know yeah but it's the it is a i mean you know it's a double-edged sword we're being i mean i'm being asked about it all the time right like every i I'm, my biggest challenge i know coming up this year will be daily conversations about 
uh, like what's happening. And, yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, we had a big election and, yeah. you know, and, uh, and a lot of stuff brewing in both in Greenport, but Fork in general, but uh, Greenport seems to be frothy at, you know, at trying to figure out where they are next and what, what's happening. Yeah. And, um, and you're almost in the, like in the episode people ask the me all lines, the, yeah, yeah. So I, I participate. And so, so then you participate. Right. Uh, but, so it is that catch twenty two, right? Nobody wants a decaying McLean tech. Somebody's got to mm-hmm. fix some of these things up. Uh, on the flip side, I think not having your eyes open, like it's then you're the Starbucks thing. Like, yeah. thanks for fixing that building. My biggest fear, if I'm looking forward, is my worry is not, uh, you know, as much as I usually am not a, uh, I'll fight the man and the big money and the whatever. But uh, is it isn't that it's as these things get get built, bought up and and at higher and higher values. If they change their mind, um, we have a luxury vacancy, right? Like it, it gets to a place where I know that even on my best year, I can't move into some of these spaces that I feel like I could turn into something really interesting because it was overbought a few years ago. I think if you look at the Starbucks, uh, you know, they left early enough before it got frothy and a, and a business that's in there, um, you know, it's kind of a sneaky business because it's it really works, but it's, uh, you know, I... If it was at today's, for probably valuation, it would be very difficult. So that's my worry for for a, that independent owner operator thing is people start, stop. Maybe it wins, it loses. There's got to be some kind of churn. That's just how it works. You got to try your ideas out. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful that the cost of starting was low enough for me to fail for a year and change. Right. Okay. To to learn and iterate. The barrier to entry because was too otherwise high. I would have had to have gotten it right economically. Right away, yeah. like we didn't have From investors, Joe. we didn't have any money. I mean, we literally opened on nickels. Um, I don't know. know. The more people we talk to, I feel like that's almost a blessing in disguise. I, for me, it was been, it was great, but uh, you know, I'd love to build a little. Uh, you know, if you're asking what my my long, you know, that long picture, and I'd love to see more, be able to see a small business uh, like an incubator space, like you know, a, a shared space or something that 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 takes some of that pressure of failure off uh, because there's some really interesting people who have great ideas or ideas. I don't know if they're great. Everybody told me my idea was terrible. So it's fine. Right. Like who do we know? Who am I to try it? Right. Like, <laughs> but that camaraderie is, is really infectious um, and it's useful and it, and it can save a lot of time and it can yeah. save a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, as, as, as those numbers get higher, I think it'll be more difficult, but yeah, the, uh, it is interesting who, who pays and who doesn't, but I, I, I I'm, you know, we joke that we're half financial institution, half seafood company. For so. sure, that's terrible. Yeah. I'm um, just grateful that my customers pay me before they leave. Right, it's done. Right, otherwise you walk out. But I, I'll go back <laughs> to a COVID moment because I thought we would lose it all. Right, like I built this whole thing. Oh, ditto. I've had. I mean, everybody. Yeah, that everybody thought we were. I mean, everybody I talked to thought we were done, and we all, by rights, probably would have been done. And yeah. and no matter how much, I mean, we were trading, and you know, it's like horse trading. If you had a anything, just you know, we're sharing people or whatever you could do. Um, but I'll, I'll know that like cyclically we, you know, you, you come out of the winter, but like kind of, you know, my job, Rosalie and I always had a, a thing. It's like, if I could work out the finances to get to April one, then she'll take it back over. But like, cause nobody wanted to know what creative nonsense had to happen in order <laughs> to survive the winter pay flow. Uh, and so the, the terrible part for COVID for us was it happened at the weakest, right? Just for all of us, yeah. the weakest possible moment do it in july i wouldn't have liked it either but we would have been more stable yeah. right so it happened in the, our most or unstable labor day would have been nice labor yeah. day 
Maybe even December. Yeah. Or just like never. <laughs> or uh, never, actually. Or never. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> never. Although, I, although I, I do think I've made, I've made better life balance. Yeah, I'm with you on uh, that one. But, I, but sure. I'll come back and, and at the risk of sounding like I'm, you know, kissing up to one of the hosts. I'll say that what, so I lost my previous business in 2008. So I'm familiar with like everything going down the toilet in one day, right? Lehman Brothers goes down and now a bunch of artists working on movies in one other room with no... Not, no connective tissue. Suddenly, it's a inval like a, a business not worth anything. But I didn't know anything about that, and and uh, I was embarrassed by losing money, and and we hid from landlords, we hid from everything, and and when we finally called our landlord on that one, it's like well, we're out of business, we got to go. He said, "Look, you're half this building. If you talked to us six months ago, we don't, you know, we don't care. We're all screwed, right? <laughs> like, uh, and I learned from that. My one takeaway from that was like, I'm just going to tell people." especially when it's not your fault, right? Global pandemic, it's nobody's fault, but uh, but it's hard as an entrepreneur. To, like, I don't know, I'm not, it's not working. It must be something I'm, I'm not doing right. Yeah. So we, we were, I was like, the first day before we close, I'm like, I'm calling everybody. I'm like, this is how much, I'm going to be honest. Like, here's what's in the bank. How much do you need for you? And I remember we called Braun and I was like, look, we're out this much. Here's our, here's our bill. We're all shut down. You know it. Like, I don't know when we're reopened. You should take something now, but don't take it all if you don't need it all. Like, take, you know, let me know. And everybody was like, look, we're okay. You know, everybody hang tight for a minute. A lot of people did not do that. So, but you know. like we yeah. called, we had that conversation the first week and w- yeah. with everybody. I mean, I called everybody that we were out to and, uh, and I'll, ne- you know, and the people who were communicative and supportive, I- I'll, th- that business will die with them as vendors, right? Like nobody gets replace because you don't because everybody everybody we just were in it you know yeah. and um, and I'll say that always like when we call back up we we're like okay now we need stuff we also have no money <laughs> right like we're ready to reopen now it's even worse than it was when we called you because <laughs> I spent now that, that's behind us <laughs> right now that's behind us if you could just put that fine and it was like there was you know product right away because it was a faith that you're gonna you got to start the machine right and restarting the machines are terrible that's so, amazing, though. What a testament to your character, too. I mean, at just the from end of having the day. lost it once before. I mean, I think that yeah. if had I not had that experience, I I would have been like, well, I don't know, I'm just gonna hide in my kitchen like I did last time. <laughs> well, like we were talking about, you learn from your mistakes and your failures, and yeah, the global pandemic, 2008. Like those are things are not not your fault, not no, but anyone's fault. You know, I mean, the education I think was amazing. Um, like we're probably a stronger business now, like management wise, and uh, and. And I'm also a little maybe more of a chicken, so it 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 maybe I don't want it to make it less creative, right? But uh, but I'm more of a chicken. But it doesn't seem ever like it was ever fear based. Like it's always based on like faith and love and yeah. vision and and purpose. Yeah, no, it's not like this. It's not fear based. No, not even it's, a little bit. Sure. Maybe a little bit more caution. Maybe a little bit more, you know, hindsight. But well, there's like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like my fear base is we don't put anything on the bottom shelves now, right? Like because <laughs> that floods. That's fear based, yeah. right? Yeah. No. Uh, like I bought, Everything we bought a refrigerator. Well, we bought a refrigerator last year, and the three of us stood in it's front of it. From the ceiling. No, we were like, "Oh, this compressor's on the ground. This is no good. This is definitely dying." And it did. But that's fear based, right? Like, yeah. are we risking this? Can we get through three storms? If we can get yeah. through three storms before oh this dies, that's crazy. I apologize to every piece of equipment and, and oh, technology yeah. I bring into Living Kitchen. Sorry I'm about like, this. Well, you're gonna die here, but yeah. Yeah. we'll see how long it lasts. And it's fine. You, do, you just do your best, like you said, and you do. You evolve as you go because you you know you're not going to keep making that same mistake again and again. I might. I'm probably going to buy that same refrigerator, <laughs> right? Like, 
it just caught a bad hop. It had two storms in the winter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, we did the math. The difference between the compressor, one with the compressor on the ceiling and the cheaper one that's on the floor. I can buy four. Right. Four I know sometimes you have to Expensive one. So yeah. we have a disposable refrigerator. It's a terrible. It's like renting a tux or buying one. It's yeah, this idea. is a terrible, like, if you want to encapsulate the American problem, it's I. You know, I have Breaking a refrigerator. refrigeration kills me, though. Sometimes I look, you know, I go to like Claire's yoga studio and I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's not hard. She works her ass off and she's an incredible yoga instructor. Yeah. But I am so Stuff jealous of plug her in. blankets and yeah. her blocks as her equipment, you know. It doesn't plug in. <laughs> no. And it always breaks July 4th weekend. Yeah. Or that's when our trucks go down. That's For sure. Our ice machine goes down. The ice the machine. Same thing. We yeah. have a real ice machine, so that's my favorite. Oh, congrats. As long same. as that thing doesn't go. Oh my gosh! Well, you can always, you know, we, start we with know the bags. Back, you know so we've do done it before. Yeah. <laughs> it won't go down like next Tuesday. It'll be mid-August. Oh yeah! Know? Oh my and god! So, and yeah. you know, that's great. I feel great. like we should go and schedule the refrigeration repair now for like the second week of August. Yeah, just I get have it on the, oh, yeah, just my, get it on the calendar. That's the ongoing joke yeah. with my with my guy. Where I'm always like, so I'll probably see you one of these three the Memorial Day. You know, one of the three holidays. The scariest is if it hasn't happened Memorial Day and Fourth of July, because then you're like, well. It's you want one of those, like, it's been one month since the last accident kind <laughs> yeah. of clocks? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was awesome, Ian. Do you have any more questions, Cody, that you wanted uh, to? My last one would be, so going into your 10th year, what would you tell younger Ian 10 years <laughs> I ago? I mean, you you mm, you started with, like, I, I, I can't get this vision of the sawhorse and the plywood out of my head. That's so good. I'm but, a, I'll send you a picture. You know, from this to, do. you know, now... This I'm today and tomorrow it's 75 degrees it's outside. Beautiful. People are going to be jamming to get back. It's a inside. little terrifying actually. I was hoping for like maybe a little overcast and some yeah. rain just to get the kinks. But up. it's I mean it's amazing what a institution and fulcrum of the downtown Greenport, which has really exploded since you know yeah. you started, and you've I'm I'm sure have contributed to that. And I know um, it's a place I tell people to go to all the time. What what yeah? What would you tell your younger self or somebody who's just starting out? I don't know because you know I think. Uh, you know, as a, um, I'll go back to my film, my, my film history, right? Uh, when, when they edited, they edited Apocalypse Now and it took him forever, right? Uh, he just kept tearing it apart and was like insane about trying to build this thing. And it took forever, years and ate up editors and the whole thing. And when they finished, they counted it up and they made, I think it was 146 edits or something like that. And then they, they said if they had only come in and made the one choice, one right choice every day, they would have had the whole thing done in like three months, right? Uh, but they couldn't have gotten to the movie without all of the accidents. So my fear would be if I told young Ian, like, here's the roadmap, I, you know, I don't, it, I don't know if it would work, right? Like, I don't know that it would work. I don't know if I would know it as well or anybody who works with us would know it as well. I would love to know what would have happened, right? Like the Back to the Future version. Uh, I wouldn't mind one now, but uh, <laughs> uh, because I think that there's there's some treacherous waters to navigate. Inevitably, um, yeah. That are ahead. and, and uh, But yeah, I don't know what I would have told myself outside of like, you're just going to have to keep going. Uh, well, that's great advice. I think that might be the whole thing. Like just, just put one foot shut up other. and do it yeah. because... Uh, I, you know, I joke about it all the time. Like, why, you know, somebody says, why? It's like, I don't know what my, I feel like this was my, my like trick, right? Like I finished that other sort of career and this was my, my one last one in the bag, right? And like, so my terror, my terror is that I don't know what, I got to keep doing it, right? Because I don't know what else I would do. Uh, but, but I, yeah, I'd hate to 
to lay out that map because I think we would have missed some of the the missteps that that you don't know when are going to work for you. When suddenly kind of mm-hmm. that mistake, are, yeah. when when whatever that mistake is that we're never going to make again, you know, uh, I, it's nice to know them. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I think it's a great point because you have to eventually take the jump and then yeah. you're you're going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen yeah. out of your control. You're going to get a flood. You're, something's going to break. Yeah. Someone's going to show, not show up, you know. I it's, also think that the way that you do things, and like you said, all of the things that come from the work that you're doing, you know, who knew all of the love that could have come out of the, you know, the sawhorses and the floor, like the boards. Right. Like it's just, it, yeah. it's like creates this little magic that you can't necessarily credit to one person or one thing. It's in the building for sure, and right? I feel that same way. Um, but it's like how how great. Which that. is why if that building doesn't exist and we're always like, okay, what, like, what's the backup building? We've looked in places that are just buildings. And I was like, it has to be some kind of weird place. Like, it doesn't have to be that place or on the water, but it has to be some kind of yeah. thing that we just are occupying. I mean, that, that place was there before us. When we signed the lease, they introduced us to people who were just going to be around because they were like, they've been coming to this building before you and they'll come after you. And it's true. Like, we have this, just people come and commune with the building. They haven't, they haven't oh. bought anything for 10 years. But they sit and hang out. We learn a lot, and then they go, go on. I love but, it. So I don't know. It's in the build. A lot of it's in the building. Um, well, I but, think you know. Yeah, maybe that's my advice. Is uh, is you know, buy the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, buy the bricks when you can. Yeah. The um, uh, you know, Orient the the shack out there was woman before my time, so uh, was um run by. Rick, who ran uh, Rick's Scrabby Cafe. Yeah, yeah I love Rick. Right? So Rick came out to he visit us last year. Next door. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, we didn't know him. He came in to visit the shop. Right? It was like, hey, this is, you know, this was my place. And I wasn't there. Rosalie was out there. And she called me. She's like, Rick's here. He's like, and I said, well, ask him for advice, right? Like, and, uh, and, and, because uh, he had sold. Yeah. Rick's. We have some good chats. He comes in a lot. And, and so his, he, I, maybe he told you the same thing. To. He's a great ear, yeah. but he, I guess he just said to her, he's like, buy the bricks and sell hot dogs. So the two, like, <laughs> I got to tell my dad that. So I feel like that, like if I'm, if I ever. And then he probably left. Right? And he left and, he, and it was it. And so that's been stuck in my head. And I was like, well, we always sold hot dogs at Little Creek, which confuses everybody. So I'm like, I'm just short the bricks and I have the, I have. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. <laughs> good idea right oh my God. like mm. can you see that in the in like the business section of the bookstore like buy the bricks mm-hmm. and sell hot dogs yep. you know advice on new york times bestseller yeah for sure <laughs> uh so, yeah so that's what i might have told i might have told yeah. young ian rick's advice buy yeah. the bricks and sell hot dogs oh my god well you'll know the opportunity when you see it yeah, yeah that's it that's good but um that's awesome. no until then we're, we're there and and uh and i think trust people or trust many people as you can and great advice too and it's hard but worth it when it works it's out hard. it's hard um yeah now look like i said it's an institution in greenport and, and it's a testament to what you guys have built so it was also uh you know i always i think we went we went through a graduating class at the right at the right time right uh sarah first and south was about a year and a half before us or two years before us uh 1943 opened three months before us right like all of these That's things so that cool. i feel like were there the bricks was after us but just just barely yeah uh, you know, Luchas was what a year, Such a good right? Lineup. So if you if yeah. you take from no, like from 2013, 2014, it's the core of the town, yeah, those are my peers, and so we we were all trying to figure it out at the same time, right? And uh, and so I think that that was also fortunate. Like it would be harder, uh, you know, the class now 
tends to be really highly competitive, highly financed. And I, I think that they're out for each other, which they won't have as much fun as we did. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> I'm still out. Yeah. No, like, you know, we finished and we're like, how'd you do? Did we beat you today or did you beat us? I don't know. Like, it's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Like, it was okay. Absolutely. And as a result, you send people to each other and, and I'm, so well, all both the, the institution sure. piece was not a plan for sure. I'm shocked every time when it is, does come up and feels that way. Like it's not, you can't plan on that. And I don't even want to state it like that. Cause it's not even, we don't try to do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I think all the people who work for us mean what they do and that's, you know, they're, they're doing it on purpose. Right. And, uh, and the farmers are doing it on purpose and yeah. it's like, so that helps. It's a lot of, uh, thing, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, other places it happened because there were, there were enough places to go. I didn't have to have a whole menu cause you can go to 1943 afterwards or yeah. first it's right. Like the whole, oh, it's like a everybody working little, together, yeah. uh, helped cement all of these as, as important parts of a neighborhood. And I think that's what I would take more than a institution, but like a, you know, this kind of neighborhood fabric. And that, that is the thing that's most worth it to me. And I don't know how you keep that, especially in a changing fabric. Well, I'm grateful for it because it's a super special place and it helped us out a lot. We used to hike Mishomek yeah. like every other day in COVID when I was just like listless and closed and like What's another sad. 11 miles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, we were, and then we were, it was just like all about the beer and the, um, the chowder yeah. afterwards, you know, and we were so grateful for it. So, um, you know, keep it up. And I'm so grateful for you guys. And we'll have to have Rosalie next. Yeah. yeah. Ask her the same question. See what she says. Yeah. She's like, it's all Ian's Compare fault. She tells some really good stories too, though. She's, yeah. She's uh, really great. No, yeah. like we both spent plenty of time sitting on the floor in that place crying. Oh, sure. Like, on the startup. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, like, yeah, whatever. We figured we've been married probably 200 years. Cause we're, <laughs> we're every day, right? Full days, every day. You know, most marriage is like two hours at home, right? Oh my God, that's true. <laughs> that's a good right? point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we went on separate vacations this year, and it's caused quite a scandal at the IGA. But uh, <laughs> but it was like, hey, what did you do? This is so cool. We have stuff to talk about. It's really fun. That's great. <laughs> that's great. I love but, that. Uh, well, yeah. keep it up. And um, where and online, what's your? Where can people find you? Uh, really, you the are? best is uh, on Instagram at North Fork Oysters. Yeah, great social media follow, um, and that has. Again, I don't know if you could do that today and everything, but that, that was our only point of contact for the longest time because we didn't have enough time to do websites and blogs and promotions, all these things. So, so it was easy. I could put up a nice picture and, and, and tell good stories through that. And we try to communicate really well, as well as we can through that. And, um, and honestly, so many people take such nice pictures down there that it really is is amazing to oh, share great. those and rosalie has put together a book for every year there's picture books i don't know oh, if you've ever awesome. seen them but there's photo books for every year that's awesome uh and they're really good people come back <clears> and <throat> see the kids growing up and they sign the books it's like yearbooks right it's super super fun really but cool. that's all an outreach from the instagram so instagram at north fork oysters littlecreekoysters.com is is uh there but it's, it's largely uh now kind of refeeding that but um uh Pretty, you know, pretty simple. But awesome. the most up to date, you want to know if we're open tomorrow, that's the spot. Yeah, yeah. You want Good to know if we flood it out, where that's, yeah. where, that's where it's Good at. Good luck with Best tonight luck and tomorrow. Season. And you might see me and Bren. Come on down. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it should be fun. You know, some of my favorite, every locals always ask, like, wow, it's, Saturdays get busy in the summer. I always feel like we have a really amazing Sunday afternoon group because it's sort of got this, if you're local or not local, the, the, 
the chaos is over. So you kind of just, you know, it's laid back. Good and, vibe. And so I love that. And, uh, and like a Friday kind of a uh, Spanish style, you know, grab and go tapas kind of thing. Not full, you know, small, simple yeah. things. Gather a gathering place just off the bus, just off the bus, just off of work, whatever. Oh, awesome. Perfect. Um, yeah, go check it out. Go shuck your own oysters. Yeah. Get a lesson. Yeah. Say hi to Ian. Say hi to Rosalie. And if you can't, if you haven't found it, that's the other thing. It has no address, right? Like this is my the last quirk of this building. If you're trying to give advice to like startup businesses, it's it really was bucked the initial trend, which is like you have to be easy to find location, location, mm -hmm. whatever. It has no address. It never has had an address. Uh, when we had to file for a liquor license, you had to put an address, right? And so. Uh, <laughs> It was like out of, um, it's a, uh, now it's wonderful, Miracle 34th Street, right? Yeah. Where they had approved Santa Claus exists, so they had the post office to deliver. We had the post office come and prove that the building was existed. Oh, and, my God. And they had to write a letter from the Postmaster General. So if you're trying to come and visit us and you can't find it. <laughs> go ask the post office. Go ask just, the post just office. go ask anyone in Greenport. Yeah. What I tell people is... Uh, people will call and they'll say, we're, we're near you, but we can't find you. I'll go, like, keep looking. <laughs> because you need a little sense of adventure, right? In order to eat there, in order to come. So it helps to. The beer will taste better once you get there. Yeah, like if you really had a quest to find it, everybody has more fun if they had to find it. So uh, it's on the water. Hey. That's the clue. It's only a, like a half mile across yeah. the whole town. So yeah. uh, and there's only like Just four, walk along the bulkhead four, four places on the water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you get to the shipyard, you went too far. If you get to, you know, Shelter Island, you went too far. That's yeah. great. It's fine. To find, find it. Go find it. Yeah, it has no address. We had, we could, in order to finally get the address to file for the liquor license, we I, we literally called the fire department. We're like, if you had to send a truck, <laughs> where would you send the truck? <laughs> and that's what we submitted. That's great. <laughs> I love it. I love but, it. It's not for the lighthearted. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Like, where's your business located? I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. When do you open? I don't know. What do you have on and the it, menu? And I it don't works. know. And it works. That's the most beautiful thing. So. I mean, if you well, it's if you're patient enough to go to that kind of place, you're probably a lot of fun. Yeah. There I you agree. Go. I agree. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. Good luck this season. Have you on the show for so long. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Yeah, it's long overdue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to tell a friend and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Get in touch on Instagram at For the Love of Business Podcast. Our email is For the Love of Business Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Cody. And I'm Carolyn. And this was For the Love of Business.